and good evening because it is actually evening i got uh we did a little bit uh today got some other things done so we started uh a whole lot later <laughs> than normal but praise the lord it doesn't matter to you because you're watching this after the fact and you can watch it anytime you want so it doesn't matter what time of day it is here anyhow glad to be on with you good to be here again so Today, another attribute of Jesus as we're going through this this Advent season. And today, we're going to be talking about how he sacrificed for others. And you're going to see that where he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. So that's where we're going to be reading out of today. So you can turn with me, Luke chapter 22. And I'm going to start in 39 and we'll go through 46. So that's where we're going to be at today. And it'll pop up right there so in or around or about that area so luke chapter 22 verses 39 through 46 what we're going to be reading today to see where jesus sacrificed for others so has sacrificed did sacrifice got to fix my chair so i don't lean back so far there we are i don't want y'all think i was napping anyhow y'all ready for this all right so out of the Passion Translation, starting in verse 39, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, The Bible says, Jesus left the upper room with his disciples and, as was his habit, went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. There he told the apostles, Keep praying for strength to be spared from the severe test of your faith that is about to come. Then he withdrew from them a short distance to be alone. Kneeling down, he prayed, Father, if you are willing to take this cup of agony away from me. If you are willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, your will must be mine. Jesus called for an angel of glory to strengthen him. And the angel appeared. And he prayed even more passionately, like one being sacrificed, until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood, dripping onto the ground. When Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to his disciples and found them all asleep, for they were exhausted and overwhelmed with sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. You need to be alert and pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. All right. So you're probably thinking, as we're going through this time, this Advent season, that's like, that doesn't sound like a fun, happy uh, Advent type of thing. And you know what? That's, that's true. It doesn't sound like fun, happy Advent type of thing. But we're going to go through and I'm going to pull it apart some. And I'm going to show you some of the things that were happening with the disciples at the time and uh, and what was going on with Jesus. I mean, a lot of it you read, it should be pl plain and obvious to you. I can talk today. But there's, there's always more. The, the word is always packed full. So let's go ahead and pull this thing apart. All right. So. He left the upper room. Now, this is after the Last Supper. And this is after he sent Judas away. So all the disciples were with him, except for who? Judas. And because Jesus went to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And so now we're, we're leaving the upper room, and we're heading down into the Mount of Olives. His place of secret prayer. All right. Number one, his place of secret prayer. Sometimes the sacrifices that you're going to make because jesus made his sacrifice right he was the sacrifice 
And he paid the price for you and me both. That's one of the reasons where you can have joy in realizing that he paid the price that you don't have to. See, sin brings death. We know that. So the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you, you see where sin leads to death. That's the price that you actually have to pay. That death, physical body, death, spiritual body. Okay? So that's the, the complete and total, and then obviously the death of your soul, your mind, uh, will, and emotions. So you're a three-part being living, three-part being dying. And it would be complete and total. And that's the price that you would have to pay. The pay, the pay, the pay for your sins. Okay? But when somebody else comes along and they pay the price for something, they become that sacrifice. Because when they're giving something up, that's the sacrifice they have to pay. For instance, keep it real simple. Um, you're in a line. And... I can't do McDonald's because that's just nasty. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yes, I, I like Chick-fil-A. Or Taco Bell, even though none of it's really real, but I like the way it tastes. And now I want tacos. Mm. Anyhow, I digress. So, you're in the, the line at Chick-fil-A. We'll use Chick-fil-A because it's, it's like blessed of God. And you're... In front, you got somebody behind you, and they're being a jerk, which you probably wouldn't find in the Chick-fil-A line, but hey, the heathens like it too. So they're they're back there, and they're beeping to you, being a jerk to you, and you're not even doing nothing trying to order your food. So for you to pay for their food would be a sacrifice, because why? They're not deserving of it. They should have to pay their own price for their own stuff, because they're sitting back there beeping at you and being a total jerk face. All right. So since they're sitting there beeping at you and, and being a jerk, they should pay their own food. Matter of fact, I might work it away. Hey, behind me. Yeah. You know what? I was talking with them earlier. They said they're going to pay my food and try and stick them with the bill. That's what your flesh might want to do. Not a good thing. That's not sacrificial. That and they might try and chase you down for your money. But anyhow. But the sacrifice would be what? To pay for their food. So that's a sacrifice. Your hard-earned money, what you worked for, paying not only for your Chick-fil-A, but you're paying for their Chick-fil-A too. So that's just a simple little thing of Jesus and how he paid the price for your sin. Obviously, much more costly. All right? But I, don't, I said all that to just get to this part here. His place of secret prayer. Jesus had a place that he went to to pray. And this is where I was going with this about sacrifices. Sometimes you time. Time is all that we have. It's the most valuable thing that you have. This is why people pay you for your time. The job you do requires a certain dollar amount. You do it for a certain period of time. Somebody gives you money for that. It's your time. So your time is something that you can sacrifice too. The sacrifice of your time comes time spent in prayer. In this particular instance, it says his place of secret prayer was up on the Mount of Olives. All right. Jesus even talked about going into your closet to pray like a prayer closet. You, you hear a lot of people have that now. They got prayer closets somewhere where they can get alone to pray and talk with the Lord. I 
sometimes I, I would pray right out in the open room, in the living room when everybody was still asleep, or uh, even in the prayer closet if I was trying not to wake the whole entire house up, because in a smaller confined space, I, I don't yell as much when I'm praying, so I, I pray a little quieter. And um, that was the table, not me. So it was a, a sacrifice of time to get in, in and pray. So you can have a place set aside. And I'm talking you now, not Jesus. You can have a place that's set aside for you to go. Give a sacrifice of your time for prayer and talk to the Lord. In all reality, you'll actually end up coming out benefiting from the time spent in prayer rather than having a loss of it. So is it really a sacrifice? I don't know. You have to decide. Because any time spent with the Lord is time where you're going to come away with some joy. You're going to come away with some answered prayers. When you go and pray, I'm going to encourage you in this. When you go and pray, pray with expectancy. So many times people shotgun prayers up into the air and like it's like they hope they just stick. I, I, I don't get it. You know, I'm, I'm sure I, I know that I've done that in life where you're just throwing stuff out there and, and hoping that the Lord hears it and maybe he'll do something. Prayer is not meant to be that way. Prayer is something where you're talking to the Lord. When you talk to people, you do what? You engage them in conversation. You expect some type of response back from them. And if you happen to be asking them for something, you have an expectancy that you're going to get what you receive, whether you're paying something or whatever for it. Okay? So, that I mean, that's conversation in the natural. You're having a conversation with the Lord. When you come to the Lord... You're coming with with boldness and meeting all your, your needs, right? Having your needs laid out before him. He knows them before you even get there, okay? So when you come to him in your secret place, whatever it may be, wherever it may be, have an expectancy that he's going to hear you. When Jesus went and prayed, do you think that he was just throwing prayers out? Oh, Lord, I hope you heal some people today through me and uh, if it's your will, maybe... Um, we can raise some dead and maybe we can get rid of some leprosy here. And, and Lord, maybe if, if you want to, we can forgive some people their sins. Yeah, thanks, Lord, if you feel like answering it. Do you think Jesus prayed like that? No. Jesus went and talked with his father with expectancy. And the Bible says that he was the, the firstborn, like our brother. So if he's the firstborn of our brother, then what's that make God? It makes him our father. Hence the term our father when you pray. So go into that time of prayer expecting. This is probably the biggest of all that God's listening to you. The Bible says come boldly before the throne of grace. So you go to God with the expectancy knowing that he desires to hear from you. Otherwise you'd be wasting your time. If you're like if you have an impression that God just wants to beat you with an ugly stick and he doesn't really want to talk to you, then why would you even waste your time coming to prayer? Because people you don't want to talk to, you don't bother talking to, right? So you have to get settled inside your spirit and know that God actually wants to hear your voice. Regardless of, of the things that you may have done or whatever it may be, you can ask the Lord for forgiveness, and he's quick to forgive. He, the Bible says that he actually forgives you for his sake. Probably so he don't wipe you out. Because he loves you. But you have to recognize and realize that he wants to hear what you got to say. Maybe your prayer time is the sacrifice to get into the presence of the Lord. 
things that you could be doing with your time elsewhere, but you're taking time instead with Him. That's something that it pays in the long run. Amen? All right, let's carry on talking about that. So he went to a secret place of prayer. He told the apostles, Keep praying for strength to be spared from the severe test of your faith that is about to come. So he gave them instruction as to what he wanted them to do. Then he withdrew for them a short distance, probably about a stone's throw. So 20 feet, give or take, depending on how hard you throw. Then he withdrew from them a short distance to be alone. Kneeling down, he prayed. Went a short distance to be alone. We can pray and join faith with people. We can we can pray with people. Here's the deal. When you're praying and it's you and the Lord, you're going to pray different than you do with other people. Because it's you and you alone talking to Him. Think about this, how awesome this is. There are probably, there are well over 7 billion people on the planet. We're probably pushing 8. And you mean everything to Him. And you, and then the person next to you, and the person next to you, you think about all of them. But the Lord still hears you. He's able to do that. I mean, He spoke everything into existence. The very ground that you're sitting on, standing on, kneeling on, whatever it may be, the stars that you look out and see, the air you breathe, He spoke all that into existence. So, Him listening to your prayer and seven billion others, a lot of them probably ain't talking to Him, then he can definitely hear your prayers as an individual and speak to you as an individual. That's, I don't know, that always wows me to think that God is willing to take the time for me. And not only is he willing to take the time, but he's willing to engage you in conversation. He's willing when you say, Lord, I need your guidance on this. I need you to do that. I need to have that. Father, I thank you that you've done this. I thank you that you've done that. I thank you for where you're taking me, what you're doing. Uh, however your prayer is, and then be there to listen. Sometimes your prayer is going to require you to just be quiet and listen to what he's telling you. See, I like going through the Bible and I like pulling things apart like this and, and speaking on it because it's simple, it's easy. One of the goals behind doing this Advent thing is to show you a lot of the simplicity of the gospel through the things that Jesus did, through his personality and who he is. To show you just how simple it is and to do the things like he did and talk to God the way that he talked to God. There's going to be times where you're going to be crying out to the Lord. And he's there to listen. He's there to wipe away your tears. He's there to bring you joy because in God's presence is fullness of joy. The Bible says that though weeping may endure for the night, joy comes in the morning. Time spent with the Lord. Maybe you'll you'll be having tears at that night, but you'll wake up with joy in the morning. Matter of fact, it just popped into my mind. Let me see here. They that sow in Psalm 126.5. I remember seeing this this morning. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. So there you go. That's even today's verse. There's times where you'll cry out to him like that. There's times where you're going to come so happy and rejoicing and you're just going to want to share your happiness with your father who's, who's the one who brought it about anyway and tell him about it. 
See, you got to think about yourself. Sometimes it's like this. that We call him Abba Father, which is like a term of endearment. Daddy, Dad, something along that line. And like a, a father delights in his children. When his children are happy, the father's happy. When my kids are happy, I'm happy. I'm smiling. They're making me laugh and, and doing whatever. And at times where they're sad, you hurt with them. But what do you do? You encourage them. You build them up. It's going to be okay. You'll be all right. They slip, fall, get hurt. You want to help them out and so they don't hurt anymore. I'm not saying you pick them up like me. You know, Sometimes I'm like, all right, get up. <laughs> you know. And sometimes maybe that's what the Lord will be. Come on, get up. You're more than that. You're stronger than that. Get up. Sometimes I can envision God, and I heard this from another minister, where he... God is like sitting on the edge of his throne. Jesus is there with him and they're, they're leaning out, looking over, wondering, what are you going to do? Come on, you got this. You got this. I'm here with you. I'm praying for you. What are you going to do? You're stronger than that. Get up. Amen. It's good to think of the Lord that way. Because the reality of it is that's who he is. That's how he loves you. Not only that, but like a good father, he'll wipe out some people for you too. Your father loves you. He wants to protect you. There are people that, that are causing harm. He's there to take care of them too. That's why the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He's better at it than you could ever hope to be. So if you feel like getting back at somebody, you might as well just let that thing go and put it in his hands. Let him take care of it. He's way better at it. He, he's had millennia upon millennia of eternity upon eternity to get good at taking care of people who hurt and bother his children. Amen? That, I don't know who that was for. That was for somebody. All right. So Jesus went, kneeled, and prayed, Father, if you're willing to take this cup of agony, if you're willing, take this cup of agony. This is what commas are for. If you're willing, take this cup of agony away from me. But no matter what, your will must be mine or her. As you heard in King James, like not, not thy will, not my will, but thine be done. So you can see this is a prayer where there's sacrifice involved. He knew what was going to happen. He he knew the the hardship that was ahead of him. He knew the separation from the Lord that was ahead of him. Right? Okay. See, maybe Jesus wasn't weeping so much about and having a hard time with the cup of wrath that was coming to him of the scourging that was coming, the being nailed to the cross, hanging there naked, bleeding out, not looking even recognizable as a man. Those are all things that happened to Jesus. But I would venture to say that that's probably not what he was so heartfelt about. The cup of agony that was waiting for him. Those things are definitely agony. Don't get me wrong. That that I, Nobody would look forward to that. And I'm sure I'd venture to say that, yeah, that is a part of it. But I think what was hurting him more was the fact that his father, the Lord, that he had been with for all eternity, never, ever separated from him, that there was going to be a time where he would be separated from the Lord. See, God can't have anything to do with sin. And on that cross, Jesus took the sin of the world on him. Yours, mine, everybody else's. Everybody who's not saved, he took that sin when they repent. 
See, before, when you were a sinner and you told Jesus to come into your life, you recognized the sacrifice that he made, that he died for you. So he died for you and he took those sins with him. Those sins came on him at the cross. And that's when Jesus yelled out, that the, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God had to turn his face away from him for the first time ever. Out of everything that Jesus endured, the hardest thing that he had to endure was the fact that his own father couldn't even look at him anymore because of the sin of the entire world at that time, before, after, and further than you was on him in that moment. Everything you'd ever done wrong in your life and millions and billions of other people was on Jesus in that moment. When he died, why? Sin brings death. He died and took that all with him. But I'm telling you this. Why did Jesus rise again? Why? Because sin brings death. Your own personal sin brings death and it would keep you in hell. But see, for Jesus, he was sinless. He took on the world's sin. But it was not his sin. That's why death couldn't keep a hold on Jesus. Because he took something that wasn't his. He paid the price, remember the Chick-fil-A, that wasn't his to pay. And he took that to hell with him. And he left it all there. See, when he died, all of your sin died with him. When you repent, all of your sin was paid for. And it died with Jesus in hell and got left there where it belongs. And then when he rose, you rose with him. That's all Bible I'm giving you. You rose with him. You came back to life. This is why it's being born again, having a new life. This is why the Bible says that you're a new creature. All things have been made new. But you see the sacrifice that Jesus made there, the cup, the wrath that God was going to have because God can't have anything to do with sin. It has to be destroyed. It has to be punished. It brings death. And you see that that's what Jesus was dealing with in that moment. But he knew it's not a matter, but no matter what, your will must be mine. The only thing Jesus ever wanted to do was his Father's will. And he was willing to lay down the very life that he had. It wasn't taken from him. Jesus' life was not taken from him. He laid it down willingly. There's a difference there. You, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, can lay your life down willingly, but it will not be taken from you. It's up to you. Amen? Now, moving on. Ah, Let me speak on this real fast. But no matter what, your will must be done. This is where a lot of people get weak prayers from. I wanted to address this real quick when we were talking about prayer before. Now's a good time. Not my will, but thine be done. A lot of people will use that because it sounds really nice and really religious. And a lot of times people pray prayers like that when they don't know what the will of God is. And they're just shotgunning them prayers out there, hoping that something happens. It just sticks. Please let it stick. And this is why people will pray about sickness and disease. Lord, if it's your will, if it's your will to heal them, Lord, heal them. The thing is, you have to know if it's God's will or not to heal. You'll find it in here. If you don't want to take my word for it, read it for yourself. 
The Bible says that Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. All right. The Bible says it's by his stripes that we are healed. So the whip that Jesus took on his back, those lashes, yeah, that was for healing. His body was broken for healing. So what's that start telling you? That healing is for all. So then you can know that healing is your. Then you can go to the Lord differently, not just throwing out a prayer. Lord, if it's your will to heal them, then heal them. Otherwise, take them home to glory. No. It's either God's will to heal or it's not, and you have to know that. Because the Bible says that he tells you, he says, remind me of my word. And he looks at his word to fulfill it. He looks for those that trust in his word to work strong on their behalf. So you've got to realize and know that it is his will to heal. And then your prayer will be more like this. Lord, I thank you that it's your will to heal whatever this is. I thank you that, that this disease cannot survive in this body because it's a body that, that you paid for to heal. By the stripes of Jesus, this body is healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, I call health into this body from the top of the heads of the soles of the feet, however you want to pray it out. But you pray knowing that it's God's will to make sure that it gets done. That's how you pray. That's how you speak. And then when you get done praying and you get done thanking the Lord for it, you turn to commanding that thing. Because you're not commanding the Lord, you're commanding a disease. Whatever it may be. Knowing that it's God's will for it to be done. And not having to pray a weak little thing like that. What Jesus prayed wasn't weak. But people will use this all not. Oh, well, I will, but yours be done. Lord, it's your sovereign will to kill people day in and day out, with all various kinds of sickness and disease. I mean, that just sounds stupid. Especially when Jesus said that you as a father here on earth gives good things to your children, how much more can your father in heaven give good things? And he said about, would you give, if your kid asks for a piece of bread, would you give him a stone? So think about that. If you're going to be willing to do that for your children here on earth, and you're just, where? If you're a Christian, past tense sinner, you were a sinner. How much more can your father without any sin want to answer and give good things? See, people take the blessing of the Lord for granted. And you listen to me preach. I preach repentance. I preach the cross. I preach the blood of Jesus. I preach healing. I preach that the Lord is desiring to bless. I preach prosperity. Yeah, if you don't like it, you might want to tune out now. I'd recommend you stick with me because the Bible is full of it. Just showing you. You stick with us, and I'm telling you, you'll see the things that God actually has planned and purpose for your life. Amen? And is there be a price to pay? Are there sacrifices to be made? Absolutely. To yield your will to God's will, that's a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice that comes with blessing. Just throwing that out there. There's going to be times where the Lord's going to ask you to walk away from something that's like, I know, because I've walked away from things. And the Lord's taking care of us, big time. I'll, I'll testify about it sometime. A lot of you may already know it, but those of you who don't, well, keep tuning in. You'll get to hear about what the Lord did for us and the, and the places that He's taken us from a sacrifice that we made as 
me as an individual and as a family as a whole, which if you can relate, if you've got kids, wife and kids, that it's a sacrifice for them. And me, I don't worry about much. I don't need much. If I got a roof and some food, in the wintertime, I like some heat. I'm good. But when you're thinking about family, there's a lot more. So some things that the Lord might ask you to do will be a sacrifice. But the reality of it is, it's something that you'll pay for that he'll pay back a hundred times over. Because that's who he is. That That's how the Bible is. You look all through the Bible and you'll find that. All through it. Because that's who God is. And he wants to take care of his people. Is there a price that's paid? Yep. You're yielding your will to his. And a lot of times he might ask you to do things that you're not going to be real excited about doing. You get your will in place with his. The Bible says that the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. So you get yourself willing and you obey and you eat the good of the land because he said so. So there's that. All right. Then what happened? Jesus called for an angel of glory to strengthen him. And the angel appeared. He prayed even more passionately like one being sacrificed until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood dripping onto the ground. That's intense praying. Knowing the sacrifice that he was getting ready to make. See, I already went through and and told you about what Jesus did, what happened to him and everything. And you see the sacrifice he made, the stripes on his back for healing. The blood poured out was for salvation. And then the victory came with the raising. Amen. But intense agony of spirit that his sweat became drops of blood. This is the thing that does happen. Actually, here, I got the note here. Hematidrosis is what it's called, if I read that right. It's a very rare phenomenon. Sweating blood is well documented. Under great emotional stress, tiny capillaries and the sweat glands can break, thus mixing with blood with sweat. The process could have marked weakness and possibly shock. Intense prayer. Knowing what was, I mean, he called for an angel to come and minister to him. Angels are ministering spirits. He called for the angels to come and minister to him to help him. To bring him comfort. And then still, even with that angel, prayed more passionately like one being sacrificed until he was in such tense agony of spirit his sweat became drops of blood dripping onto the ground. Knowing the price that was going to be paid for you. For you. That goes to show the compassion and love that the Lord has for you as an individual. You, I mean, we, I can speak to you as people as a whole. And it's absolutely true that Jesus paid for people as a whole. But you got to come to the real, realization that the price was paid for you. One precious individual. Just like it was paid for me. One precious individual. My wife. One precious. Kids. Your kids. Family. You think about it. Each one was one precious individual. You are the one precious individual that he sweat blood in praying about. Because of what he was enduring for you. Recognize and realize the price that he paid. That he paid that price and then came victory. 
where there's sacrifice, there's going to be victory. Because that's what Jesus did. And that's what he brings to us. That's what he offers to us. What we lay down in, in sacrifice in life. We haven't given on the blood for the most part, most people. Not even sweating to where you're sweating blood. But there's victory. There's always victory in Jesus. If you're bound by sin, whatever it may be, you think of the filth and rottenness of whatever sin is, then He paid the price for that. He paid the price to set you free from all bondages of addiction and oppressions that the devil can put, anxieties and fears and everything that the devil can, can bring and put into a person's mind where people lay awake at night worrying about everything that they could possibly worry about. Jesus paid the price that your mind could be absolutely set free. It's up to you. It's up to you and whether or not you're seeing and realizing and knowing the price, the sacrifice that was paid for you. And know, know what Jesus did. That's why I went over everything that Jesus went through. Knowing what he did and what he paid for in that moment will put in perspective to you that it's been paid for. And it's not for you to have to endure. That's pretty awesome. Amen. When Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to his disciples and found them all asleep, for they were exhausted and overwhelmed with sorrow, because they just found out that Jesus was going to be betrayed, like he said, and Judas was going to be the one to do it. That's upsetting. That's tormenting. So they, they were in distress. What happens when you get in distress? You, a lot of times you get tired. I don't know about you all, but I, I've been in some intense spots and some tight places. And it, it just wears you out. And you come very tired, even if it's only for a short period of time, and it wears you out. you got to think that Jesus was going through that same thing, still managed to pray. And then came back to his disciples. They were all asleep, overwhelmed with sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. You need to be alert and pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. Because he knew the temptation of denying him was coming. He knew the temptation of not only denying him was coming, but the temptation to completely walk away from everything that they had been through with him for the last three years. How about that? They've seen Jesus do all these different miracles, raise the dead, heal people, heal leprosy, creative miracles, making the water into wine, growing out a, a withered hand. All, all these different types of things that he took authority over, casting devils on a man that had a legion of demons. We talked about that the other day, just briefly. And they seen Jesus do all of this, but there was something coming that was going to derail them to where they would deny him. And what he was telling them to pray about was not only that, but the strength to endure afterward to keep following the plan and purpose that he has. The devil hates you, and he still wants to destroy you. As a Christian, he still hates you, and he still wants to destroy you. He's still a thief that will try and invade your space to bring destruction into your life, to completely derail you in any way that he possibly can. And this is why you pray for the Lord's strength. You plead the blood of Jesus over your family, over yourself, 
over your, your household, your cars, whatever it may be. You put the blood of Jesus over those things that your family can be protected, that you're protected, that you're watched over. Because the devil is still wanting to destroy you. And as a Christian, you above all else. Because if he can destroy you, he can take a lot of other people with you. As ministers, it's even more. Because if a minister falls, everybody that follows him will likely fall with him. This is why you don't work your faith through another minister. You don't work your faith through anybody for that matter. You stand on your own faith and build and work your own faith. And make sure that it's strong so that when trials come, when the enemy tries to attack you, when the enemy tries to bring destruction in your life, that you can stand strong against it and still fight the good fight of faith like the Bible says and come out in the end as a victor. Because that's who you are. That's who you're created to be. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. It's with Him that you'll do it, not in your own strength. Always with Him. And that's what He was telling them to do. To pray, to be alert and pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. Because He knew what was coming for them. And you know what? That hasn't changed. There's always the temptation and wickedness to try and pull you away from the kingdom of God. To bring destruction in your life. And that's why you pray for boldness. That's why you pray for the Lord's power to work through you mightily. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to get to know Him. If you're a Christian and, and somebody shared this with you and you just tuned into it, and you heard everything I just got done saying, you realize that you fell away from the Lord, that you got derailed and fell away from Him. You backslid. Now's the day of salvation to come back to Him and run with Him with everything that you've got. Both feet in. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus. All you'll do is run in circles and never get anywhere. But when you run, both feet flat out running your good race will take you somewhere. Or you're somebody else where attacks have come, like a Mack truck straight out of hell and totally destroy everything that you had going on around you. And you don't even know if you're saved anymore. Then today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can begin with a knowing that you're saved and that you're going to heaven. Amen? So I want you to do this with me. I want you to say a prayer with me from your heart with your mouth out loud because God gives you a voice because He likes to hear what you got to say. So do it with me right here, right now. Pray it. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe you died for me and I believe you rose again for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. And I'm on my way to heaven because I got Jesus in my heart. Amen. Just like that, welcome to the family of God. Just like that, you're part of my family. 
You're part of Jesus' family, more important. You're part of something that's bigger than you could ever imagine. In that moment, your sins died to never return. God doesn't recognize them anymore. They're in the sea of forgetfulness. They're as far as the east is from the west, and they can't ever touch each other no matter how far around you go. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty exciting. And I want to encourage you, no matter what happens, don't you ever, I will slap the taste out your mouth. Don't you ever run away from the Lord. But always, always run to Him. I don't care what happens, always run to God. He's there because He loves you. He has an amazing plan for your life. He's got good things for you. Run to Him all the time. And I want you to do me a favor. Reach out to us. Say, hey, I just got saved. I want to know because I want to help you. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. All the info will pop up over here of how to reach out to us. One of the best ways you can do it, keep tuning in to what we have going on here. It'll help, it'll help build your spirit. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you come on here, you're going to hear the word preached to you. We're going to read it. We're going to pull it apart. We're going to stretch it out and, and go word by word, line by line. And your faith will be built by what you hear out of this Bible and what you're taught. So by all means, keep tuning in. Okay? So that's what I want you to do. Reach out to us. And it, by all means, take this video. If it blessed you, then share it with somebody else. Tag somebody in it that needs to hear it. Okay? And here's my mission for you today. This is the, uh, what do we call it? The challenge accepted time. The challenge accepted time. Take some time to sacrifice in prayer and pray for somebody. Pray for a loved one. Pray for a friend, family member. Here's a real big sacrifice. Pray for somebody that you may see as an enemy. That's a big time sacrifice. So you do that. Take some time aside. I, the, the distance and, and or, or the time frame of your prayer is totally up to you. 5, 10, 15, 20, 60 minutes, whatever it may be. Take the time and pray. And then hit, hit the hashtag challenge accepted amen I, I don't think i'm asking a whole lot but in the beginning you're like i don't know how to pray i'll tell you how talk to the lord that's how it's really just that simple amen pretty exciting so hey also i forgot to mention earlier let me know where you're watching from i always like to see where people are watching from and uh, if you're watching with somebody put them up too you might as well tag them in it and uh, that way we get to know who's all watching. It, these are just fun things that I like to do. Also, if you want to join us and partner with us in what we're doing, by all means, uh, give. Everything will pop up again over here. This is like our spot where we put stuff. And, uh, and you can join us and give in what we're doing. Uh, going after the harvest of souls, continuing with teaching like this to get people saved on this type of platform where we can reach a lot of, of people all over the world where I might not be able to hold a, a meeting initially. It helps people out and get some air. And by all means, I want to get meetings together too. So you get to join us in that in doing outreach and um, preaching the gospel to people, laying hands that people get healed. I mean, I pray for healing on, on the videos too and uh, seeing people healed through the videos. It's, uh, well, there was one 
recently. What was that? No. Oh, it was a, a baby that was supposed to be. This person I didn't even know. I just prayed it out of the spirit. And uh, and I, I don't think they've seen the video or anything. But I find out through a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever that this woman was going to get the baby removed because it died. And when she went there, the baby was actually still alive. And that, that was a that was a pretty fun time in prayer. And it wasn't even specific of who I was praying for. It was just the details of how I was praying was uh, pretty specific. And that was just all the Lord. It was absolutely amazing. So we've seen it that way and uh, going and laying hands on people. Uh, if you're a pastor and you'd like to have us come, by all means, I would love to have you come. Uh, not only will I would love to come. See, my wife always catches me. I would love to come, not have you come here. I'll come there. <laughs> I'll come there. And uh, what we do, we have revival meetings, and we also teach on soul winning to uh, help equip your people to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Because really what it is, if I can take and replicate Jesus in people bigger than they'd ever thought that they could have, then that, that helps my job out too. Because I get to take part in all those souls, and you get to take part in it because you joined with us in a giving, and you got your people set on fire and going out and doing what Christians are supposed to be doing anyhow. So uh, hit us up and ask us about that. If you're watching, share it with your pastor or let your pastor know, hey, you got to have this guy come in because we would love to be there. And it doesn't matter where it's at. We pay our own way. We, uh, I don't call up and go, you have to get me all the green-colored M&Ms waiting on me in this specific type of hotel. Nope. We pay our own way. The only thing I ask is for to be able to take a love offering. And the Lord works all that out for me. So it's, we've, we've, that's how we've been doing it. That's how I love doing it because it causes me to trust the Lord and it causes you to be blessed. And that's what we're here to do. Blessed to be a blessing. All right, everybody. I think I've said enough. I love you all. God bless you and have a good night. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Jeremy Puckett from Fire Now Ministries. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Fire Now Ministries is an evangelistic outreach ministry, and we're based in Pennsylvania. We're constantly looking for ways to reach to the communities and spread the love of Christ. We just want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment and share this with others. Sharing helps. If you find yourself touched by this message, I want you to consider sowing a seed into this ground and join with us and help us in getting the gospel out. All the links are going to be in the description box, for, but for a simple way, PayPal me slash fire now. All gifts are tax deductible, 501c3, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.